Any views or opinions expressed in this podcast are strictly the views or opinions of the presenter. Nothing in here is the view of the firms, corporations, financial entities that anybody represents. Uh, Nothing expressed here is a view of any um, regulator or semi-regulatory agency. Uh, All content is intended to be educational. Nothing in this episode construes specific investment advice. And if you do require advice, you should seek an appropriate advisor, be that a financial planner or a tax advisor or possibly a lawyer. My suggestion is, even if you have a face recognition ID, make sure you have another ID, like you could put numbers or some key, you could key into that password. And even the phone, same thing I'm saying, and even for a laptop, you should do it. This episode of the CE Drive podcast is brought to you by Business Career College. Business Career College is a leading provider of financial services education, including the life insurance licensing program, the entire set of courses leading to the CFP certification, which is actually where I spend most of my time teaching and where I have met many of the participants in these podcasts. We also provide continuing education credits live classroom and webinar instruction in support of the elder planning counselor designation and a few other odds and ends in support of folks in the financial services industry. You can find the full catalog of course offerings at www.businesscareercollege.com. And welcome back to the CE Drive podcast. This is Jason Watt. In this episode, uh, I'll be talking to Lucky Rasapa of Cabeza & Associates. Um, Lucky uh, did his uh, financial planning exam prep with me a couple of years ago and reached out to me when he saw uh, or when he was featured or included in an article on the CTV about digital estate planning. Sort of a funny coincidence because that was probably the day after um, Jeff Baxter had reached out to me or had recorded his interview with me. So back to back digital estate planning episodes. The episode is going to be good for one insurance credit in all jurisdictions. It'll be good for a financial planning credit from FP Canada, a professional development credit from IROC, an estate planning credit from MFDA, and one IAS credit. Okay, Uh, the object today is a periodic table of the elements. This is from my coworker, Sue. Um, Sue saw this and for some reason thought of me. I don't really get it. I'm not I mean, maybe it's a nerd thing. Maybe that's what it is. So thanks, Sue. It's very cool. It's like a little um, like permanent Ziploc baggie with a periodic table of the elements on it. So that's very cool. Thanks, Sue. I, I love it. Um, I just don't know what made you think of me when you saw that, but I thought it was cool. All right. We're going to roll into the interview here, but following the interview, I have some follow-on comments about sort of what Lucky has to say and what Jeff had to say in the last episode. Um, You'll hear that Lucky and I do uh, step on each other a little bit here. Apologies for the uh, sort of awkward communication. Um, I just, I don't know, whatever it was, I wasn't able to establish the rapport that I needed here to have a smoother flow of communication. So no apologies for the stepping on one another. I do try to avoid it, but sometimes just how we communicate happens to work out this way. All right. Thanks very much and enjoy the discussion with Lucky. I'm here today with Lucky Rasapa. Lucky is uh, a whole bunch of different things, but uh, financial advisor, accountant, keynote speaker, um, entrepreneur, I 
I'm sure I'm missing a couple things in there. Can you give us a little introduction as to who you are and what you do, Lucky? Yeah, my name is Lakshmi Hasan Rasapa, but everybody knows me as Lucky. Uh, I came from Sri Lanka to Canada in 1990. In 2000, I started my financial planning journey, and um, I'm actually currently running two companies. Uh, Kabisan Associate is the one of the leading MGA in Canada. I have license in five provinces. I also running a accounting firm. It's called Cubby's Accounting and Financial Service. We do tax planning on that firm. I'm in the business over 20 years. I have five designation in financial industry. So I have CLU, CHS, CDFA, CHS, and um, CFDS. Um, so e CEA also I have. So I have five designation. I am also uh, going to get two more designation. That's my goal uh, in uh, coming years. And what I do now, uh, I do keynote speaking worldwide. And uh, what I create a system called a financial freedom model. Uh, the freedom model actually help a lot of clients to achieve their financial freedom in their life. So that's my whole uh, experience and uh, education and my journey that I'm going through. I'm still young. I want to help people and oh, touch people's, people's life to achieve financial freedom. What is financial freedom, Lucky? Okay. Freedom stands for, F stands for financial management. R stands for retirement planning and risk management. E stands for education planning. Another E stand for estate and succession planning. D stand for debt management. O stand for opportunity to increase cash flow. And M stand for minimizing taxation. That's called freedom. So I actually teach this freedom model to clients and even young generation to achieve their financial freedom. So what... What is financial freedom? Is it, you know, the ability to not work? Is it the ability, like, is it sleep at night? What's, how do you actually go from not having financial freedom? Great question you asked me. Uh, it's a financial freedom is all about showing the roadmap, their future roadmap, how they have to receiving their financial matters. And also I could say that it's called I teach the tools and knowledge and skill set they could able to manage their money and minimizing taxes in a, in a way and increasing their cash flow and they could have a happy life. So would that would would happiness be like the that's the mark? You know, you have a client who may not have been happy or may not have been happy as they could be, and then they go through this process and they walk out of it and now they can. At least maybe money is not an impediment to happiness. Uh, money is not everything. You know, that's uh, if you're financially freedom, you are, you are actually your health will be much better. Also, you are stress free. Right. And also you could have a wonderful life. Like you could spend more time with their family. Okay. If they have enough, uh, you know, uh, money and uh, healthy lifestyle, they could have. They could spend more time with the family. That's my goal because they have to say, like, 
life given by God. So life equal to, I say, how you live your life, how you love your life. That's very important to people's life. Now, you talked about financial literacy in here. And um, this episode hasn't gotten live as of when you and I are recording, but um, actually, that's not true. It went live eight minutes ago. But we have an episode that'll have gone live just um, recently here uh, about financial literacy and or that deals with financial literacy as a topic of research. And it is a sort of a mixed bag. So can you talk about what financial literacy means and maybe how you train people or help people understand financial literacy? Great question you asked me. Uh, financial literacy, in my opinion, is, is able to, to make informed decision about financial matter. So financial literacy is, is a combination of education, skills, and knowledge. So as a financial literacy coach, I call it universal financial literacy coach, I'm able to provide education, skills, and knowledge to clients to achieve their financial freedom. That's why I call it financial literacy. So what would be an example of something that you would impart on somebody where their financial life is better as a result? Biggest hurdle that people go through, taxation. So example, they should understand what tax bracket they are in, how they could minimize their taxes. Because people actually not aware of certain tax deduction, tax credit. So we actually provide that education, that knowledge in order to implement it. That's one example I could give you, right? So taxation. So one is also increasing cash flow. So we always say, you know, if, if they are spending too much, they need to do budgeting and they need to know the which, which is, is important for them to spend and which is not important to spend. Right? So we uh, actually show them where they're actually spending more money, words to that, and how they could save it. And they could save unnecessary expenses. Now, can you talk about the overlap between your keynote speaking and your other businesses? Like, because you said you're giving a keynote, probably right about the time this goes live, you'll be doing a keynote in South Africa. I can't imagine that that drives clients to your practice. How do, how do those two things overlap? So I have five designations I told you before. So I'm also a, certi a certified divorce financial analyst. So nowadays, after pandemic, if you see a lot of divorce happening, so I talk about a financial aspect of divorce, how it impact their life, right? I also talk about financial literacy. People need to educate financial literacy because school or financial, most of the schools or financial institution doesn't teach financial literacy at all. In worldwide, I'm talking about. That's a big issue, right? And people need to know uh, some basic knowledge about financial literacy. That's very important. That's why people have a lot of debts because they don't know how to manage their, uh, you know, their income and they end up with a lot of debts. So I teach them a financial literacy is the most important one in order to achieve their dreams and goals in their lives. So, so I teach them financial literacy education. Not only that, I also teach the way of living their life. 
by doing certain things by financial matters. So one example I could give you is if they are overspending and 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 they don't have money, they could even start their own business in an even part-time base and how they could increase their cash flow and also they get some tax advantage. A lot of people working as an employee, so I always encourage to start a, a part-time base a business in their expertise, that what the expertise they have based on their education, based on their knowledge, based on their skill set. Now, can you talk about your ideal client? So do you have, well, let's talk about your financial advice client. So who's your sort of ideal client in your financial advisory practice? I have financial planning clients, also have the keynote speaker clients. They become my client too. Uh, both are my clients nowadays because uh, they want to get financial uh, roadmap, I call it. Okay, because nowadays it's, uh, you know, if you see it, the inflation is high, the interest rate is high, and even the taxes is pretty high because if you see the marginal tax rate, they still remain same and, you know, and even that personal amount is not increased as inflation, right? So that's what I want to point out. Even the new budget came yesterday. It doesn't show as much tax break, right? So I show them certain things they are able to get some advantage of it. That's my duty to teach them and educate them in a way they could overcome from this hurdle. And as far as your keynotes, I assume you go talk to groups. What kind of groups would you be talking to here? Mostly is newly graduated university student, millennials. Okay, uh, I did something in Singapore, uh, newly graduate students, uh, they, they want to know about financiality because they are actually in different, different industries and they don't have enough knowledge about financial literacy. So university students are seniors, retirees. They want to know how estate planning works, right? Well, part of my freedom model, uh, estate and succession, even business owners, I talk about succession planning on that. Even people who want to start their own business, they're struggling. They don't know where to get help. So I teach them how to start their business and how they could take advantage of taxation, right? And they how they could, you know, business planning and all these things and how when, they, when they're retiring or they, when they pass on their business, how they could do certain things to minimize their taxes, right? I teach them in a different, so retirees, uh, young generations, and even mid-income people. They're struggling. Wealthiest people, they pay less tax, but mid-sized people, mid-income people, they're struggling. So I show them how they could minimize their taxes in certain ways. So when you're going to uh, Singapore or South Africa to give a talk about financial concepts, do you take some time to familiarize yourself with the tax and estate regime in those other jurisdictions, or is the sort of jurisdiction agnostic? Fantastic. You start in the right point. Yes, I do my research before I go and speak to them about it. So even I have a great presentation for Singapore. I, I did my research about their taxation, how it works, every tax bracket. So I did that. And, and even in the 2023, there's some changes in their 
taxation. So I also point out and I did the research on that too. Yes, I do that. Perfect. Now, um, as far as, and you talked quite a bit about this freedom model already, um, what do you see as the primary benefit of having a developed model, like your freedom model? The freedom model actually, it's actually what it says give you. I'll tell you this is this is three things you should understand. The freedom model give you recognizing the needs for change and see the change as a opportunity and pathway to financial freedom. So this free, freedom model give you these three things. So sorry, I want to just reiterate. So that's the pathway, so that you can see that there's a path. So you one is, see. I will get, repeat again for you. Yeah. Recognize the needs for change. Yeah. See the change as an opportunity. I see. Yeah. And the path to financial freedom. Okay, perfect. Thanks. So really, that seems to be primarily client-facing, like where the, the client yeah, the gets client to, see gets to see the benefit of this process. Great. Yes, you're right. And then what about from your perspective like from the the you said you've got i do the folks in your mga all use this is this something that is you know permeated through your whole business or is this something you use and you know others may or may not pick it up um i am actually educating the insurance advisors this model uh slowly they're grabbing it and they're implementing it with their clients um this model actually you know, needs more education, more knowledge. So not every insurance agent able to do certain things, right? So that's why I am creating some designation is very needed to do these things. Uh, example, CLU or CFP, they need it. Or now, nowadays is PFA is available in Canada, but in, in nationwide or Canada-wide, or even worldwide, I call CFP or CLU is the right designation to deal with this kind of model. And then specifically, what caused you to reach out to me here today was this article where you're quoted on the CTV about this sort of unfortunate outcome. Somebody dies, they have a, you know, a, a, a smart device, a phone, or maybe a tablet, and the, there's some information in there that's important. Um, and the family executor or whatever can't get access to it. So you said part of your model here is actually talking to people about this. Can you just go through a little bit of what you discuss with, with clients around this? So when you're discussing about estate planning with your clients, the digital assets and digital account accounts is very important. Okay? I actually divide these digital assets and digital account in three categories. Everybody should know. Uh, I call this, the first one I call it is accounts that contain virtual currency. That's called Bitcoin, PayPal, loyalty programs or reward cards. So that's the first category, virtual currency. The second ca category I call it is called accounts contain virtual property by owning the license to access account. That's will be the example will be Kobo, iTunes, or Kindle accounts. The third category that I 
wallet is called account contain information email facebook linkedin instagram twitter even website icloud and google drive and is it simply a matter of you you give those examples and then people say oh right so i have you know seven things that fit into the first category and three things in the second and 10 things in the third like is that kind of it people will spit back and say oh now that i understand the categories i can think about what i have yes why i do i categorize it by these three then i provide and i also tell them the problem actually what they're going to face it in the estate planning if they don't have a plan in place or they're not even discussed with the executor and then i give them the solution in the next phase but first i tell them the problem because nowadays you know people have a lot of digital assets i'll tell you the statistics in uh, cryptocurrency and i read some article uh, almost 8 billion dollars sitting in cryptocurrency people not even claim the money and people are passed away a lot of money and people are not even including that in estate planning right they don't even know that because that's part of the estate planning and especially the financial advisor also have to get this information and involve or or bring this into the estate planning so is the issue simply that it's not mentioned in the will that the executor has no awareness of it or is there more to it than you know this missing 8 billion dollars what what else has to happen there so they have to you are right they have to include in will there's a clause in it you you could include in will or they they could have you know if it's a cryptocurrency they there's two uh key involved in cryptocurrency okay one is called private the other one is called public so the public key allow people to send funds but required to private key to be access to the fund so private key is a extremely long number that is of often stored to protect flash drive so so you have to understand if you're talking about cryptocurrency uh, or bitcoin or something if you say that so there's two key so you need to protect that key so you need to have in a safe place you have this password or key how you need to discuss with your executor and executor and provide this information to them otherwise if you are not plan ahead and you might end up losing that money so and there, as i understand it there's sort of two ways and we had um mike alguire on back in season 3 talking about this but you know i can have my own wallet where i manage the wallet myself or i could be using a third party wallet something like coinbase or coinsquare do you have a preference there my opinion uh you could have both long as you actually protect your password or key whatever you call it um and long as you have that it's you are able to do so long as you plan ahead where what you're going to do it so long as you plan ahead and discuss with the right executor I mean you know not every executor is familiar with digital currency or digital assets so you need to choose the right executor now 
it, do you, okay, so it sounds like you're solution agnostic. Like you say, really, the solution here is the executor knows, and I assume then the executor has a way to access it. Is that fair? The solution, or do you have, yeah. the solution is they, uh, there is a document they could create, the login and password. You know, all the client, they prefer that. Okay. Um, then also you have last pass or one password that's digital one. You could even use that, right? But most of the seniors, I, I travel other part of the world, they are still struggling using this last pass and one pa password, right? And they want something. They said, it's still it's going to be cloud-based. I don't want to use it or something. And I don't want to. So I want to have it in paper. You know, the old uh, generation, they want to have it in a, a document. So we have a fillable a PDF format. Actually, we have it in CanadianEstatePlanning.com. If you visit that, that's my own website. You could have this documents. You could buy that. And so this, you would print off the PDF and then write it out by hand? Right. Or you could even type in. It's a fillable version. I, so, you know, my, my concern here then is if you had somebody who accessed your your computer or found the piece of paper like how much risk is there with that lucky uh, it, it is a risk it's not you know I, I, that's why i said you need to have in a safe environment right until you die right and also you know you have to be careful because even I, i'll i'll share my story later on um my uh, uncle passed away and uh, we couldn't even open her, his own laptop it's a it's a nightmare. He have everything in, and he actually running a private school in Cornwall, and uh, a lot of things in his laptop. We couldn't even open it. It's a nightmare. So, and um, so we didn't even uh, come up with a lot of things after that. So it, it is uh, tough things to be considered. Even you know, if you don't even have a password in any document, then how they going to be uh, recoup even if they are not going to use this last pass or one password right how they're going to recoup all these uh, passwords and login um so what about phones is there anything in particular just because this is what the article was about phones or tablets what are your thoughts nowadays, here? great question you asked uh jason because um nowadays even phones laptop and tablet come with face ID or thumbnail ID. Uh, when a person passed away, what will happen, right? It's a, it's it's going to be a tough for them to open it. Um, even the funeral homes now, they are not able to do certain uh, province, they are not able to do even face recognition because of, because it's a breach of privacy. Right. That's all about this CT, CTV news. Talk about it, too. And I was part of that uh, interview. So um, so they have I what my suggestion is, even if you have a face recognition ID, make sure you have another ID, like you could put numbers or some key you could key into that password. And even the phone, same thing I'm saying it even for a laptop, you should do it. I know the technology is still growing and growing, but certain things not adapt in, in, in they don't see the other side of the world. So you have to, certain things have to be done in proper way. I got the impression from that article on the CTV that there might be some funeral directors 
who would let the family in to use the face ID. And it, it does seem like a, a little bit of a questionable. If outcome. you see the like privacy, I, privacy, yeah. certain privacy does not allow it. Yeah, I found it interesting. It was one a of sort of. Yeah. One of the gentlemen is talking about that, the privacy thing. Okay, perfect. I, I found it's a sort of, I don't know, a tough dilemma there. Now, what about social media accounts? You said you had some specific thoughts about like, Facebook, Great. Twitter, whatever else. Yeah. Uh, if you go to STEP, uh, one of the organizers, they actually had a great uh, info about uh, social media. Uh, social media, uh, it's all about certain social media have legacy future. What is legacy future is actually you could even before something goes wrong, you could implement it. Um, even I'll say example, Apple, uh, they have a digital legacy available, available with uh, iOS 15 and update uh, about, they could do a legacy contact. So there's the steps you could do uh, in order to do it. Even on Facebook, you are able to do uh, legacy future there. Uh, also in LinkedIn, um, there is, you should do, uh, on Facebook, I want to mention also, it's called memorialization setting, setting you need to do on a, a, in Facebook. On LinkedIn, little different, uh, you have to um, input certain things. Uh, it's called um, it's kind of a, a legacy future, but you you are not able to do certain things because you need to provide death certificate after the person that you have to provide the death certificate or some document you need to provide them on LinkedIn because it's a provisional side. They want to make sure that you know this person passed away, right? So that's uh, that future. So uh, I have, if you want me to show uh, this screen i could show you the future if you want to um you can go mm -hmm. ahead and show it i have to be a little careful here because about 80 percent of our listeners are audio only but um i'll see what we can pull off here okay so so, so the facebook uh, account uh allow users to add uh, legacy contacts right legacy contact will be able to access to deceased account including message friends and list as able to remove or add friend and make other changes to the memorialization accounts, right? And the steps I could even provide this way they need to go and set up. It's called, first step is go to the profile setting and select memorialization setting and then choose legacy contact or delete the account after death if you want to. So that's one way. The other way- I would just Google say, is, Lucky, I've done that for Facebook and it was pretty easy for Facebook. As long as you sort of knew what you were looking for, um, I found it very intuitive on Facebook. All right. It's very so, good. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. But a lot of people yeah. doesn't know where of it they set up, right? Even the Google, right? Uh, and you, people are using, you know, even Android phone, all the Google Drive goes to all the pictures. And you have to understand <clears throat> the digital assets and digital account have two compartment. One is, I call it, is called uh, one is sentimental, and the other one I also call them as um, uh, memory. Uh, they have two uh, digital. I will consider this as uh, like a um, memorial means you know 
sentimental and uh, um, and also monetary. Monetary is money involved. Sentimental is like you know the pictures, videos that you could remember old times, right? That's very important to people to be re uh, recognized there, right? That's why I always tell them it's people need to have that this digital assets in a proper way. So you want me to go through the uh, also um, the. Show Google us Google. Drive. You were going to show Google there. There you go. Yeah, Thanks. Google. So the yeah. Google is yeah. um, Google Inactivate uh, Account Manager. So what you have to do, not specifically use the depth of user, uh, but still to help tools. So what you could do, you could go and set up the short as three to 18 months. If you don't using the account, then the account will be become that for legacy future. And then they are able to do certain things. And the person who are, you know, authorized, they will able to do certain things with that account, right? Uh, same thing with the LinkedIn. LinkedIn is these are the steps you have to do. The LinkedIn is not quite as automatic as some of the other platform. There are three options they give you: request to close the account or request to memorialization that account, they could able to do it and report the member that is deceased, they could also do that, but they need to provide some kind of a document in order to do these three steps. This makes sense. LinkedIn is kind of a business asset. So yeah. I... And one solution I always tell them, if you have digital assets and digital account, um, I know most of the will covered, but some old will or some people, or, you know, they have a basic will, sometimes it doesn't cover, but people need to make sure this clause include in the will. I'm going to just read this out here, Lucky, if you don't mind. So Lucky's... For you? Yeah, so perfect. It's Lucky sample. Go ahead, Lucky. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, Jason. Uh, so the digital and electronic and liability. My trustee, subject to my contrary provision in my will, and any agreement that affects my interest in that property, may exercise any rights, power, and privilege in connection with any digital or electronic property or online accounts forming a part of my estate to the same extent as I could if I were alive and the only owner of that property. That's a clause you could add on your will. Now, would we put that into a power of attorney as well? Yes. You know, if you become uh, incapacitated, definitely you need to put it in uh, on a power of attorney. That's also very important. And I know a lot of people don't wear of that. People think after death, they think, you know, incapacitated mean mentally or physically you're not able to function yourself. They need to be put it on power of attorney. And also you need to talk to the attorney about this matter. And person who acting as a uh, attorney, they need to have certain knowledge about digital assets and digital account. So, yeah, that's perfect. Um, Lucky, now have you had people where they've used a professional executor or a corporate executor um, to manage their estates? Yes, it, you know, it depends on the assets the client has. Uh, so if they have a small assets and, you know, sometimes they are, cannot afford to pay the corporate executor. But if they have over 5 million, 10 million, 
I encourage, and even uh, blended families, right? I encourage uh, co corporate executives the best choice for them, right? Um, so even they pay a small fee, but still better off uh, because they also have experience. Um, you know, executive job is not easy at all. Trust me, it's a it's a pain. <laughs> and I've been through, and I'm also certified executive advisor. So I've been through this, and I I had a great website. CanadianStatePlanning.com and people call me and and they even talk about it and they said, you know, and they also buy ENO because I know any family member can even sue them, right? And it's not an easy job. So I, I typically encourage people over 5 million or 10 million, they should consider corporate executor. We did have um corporate executor team on, I think back early in season four, we had the good folks from Sorrel on the podcast here. Um, okay, so then have you dealt with folks who have and, and this is where it sort of skirts the line between the monetary and the sort of emotional or you know, psychological benefits? But what about sentimental like yeah, so sentimental story. What about um influencer type of like have had people with you know successful Twitch or monetized YouTube or that kind of thing, Lucky? Yeah, it's that's also a great asset. You know, that uh, especially the what you mentioned, a YouTube channel, people are running it, right? That's influenced a lot of people. Even I have my own story, I have own YouTube channel, right? If something goes to me, whatever will happen. And I know it's it's a big value, even you know, financial literacy. I'm teaching in 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 YouTube channel, and it's it's a big big thing, right? And people need to understand that, and uh, it's influence stuff. Yes, they need to plan ahead in order to, you know, what will happen in case something goes to these people. Perfect. Um, and then, what about sort of financial advisors more broadly? What else should you know, financial planners who maybe haven't thought about this before, haven't had these conversations, what else should they be talking about or thinking about with their clients? Based on my experience, this is my personal opinion. Financial planner have a big role to play on digital account and digital assets because digital assets is part of their state. Okay. Financial planners have a due diligence, due diligence to plan their digital assets in their estate planning. Very important. They have a big role to play. That's all I will tell them. And most of the financial planners are not aware of it. And they need to actually do some research or that's get some uh, education about digital assets and they have to talk to their client about digital assets and digital accounts i do agree this is where you know you'll be the second consecutive discussion we've had with somebody about managing digital assets on the podcast here because i i agree that it's something that advisors need to bring to the table um i think by and large it's otherwise something that'll get overlooked in wills and estates so yeah i, I agree with that lucky um now, what about misconceptions? What do you hear as far as misconceptions about digital assets? You know, misconception, I people think they don't even care about, uh, people think it's, you know, it's not important. Digital assets is not important. That's what they say, think. And even myself, um, when I lost my phone, I, that's the time I realized I have so many pictures, sentimental pictures, right? Trust me. Man, this is actually my children or my grandchildren able to see my old time, old memories, right? 
uh, even I, I could uh, bring my own uh, story. My mom passed away uh, back in Sri Lanka, and uh, you know I had my funeral ceremonies of uh, uh, videos, and you know I, my children can see my grandchildren in the future. Grandchildren also able to see. If I lost it, what will happen? So people don't see the importance. So I will encourage every individual, people who are using digital assets or digital account, they should put most important things to consider on their estate planning, bring this uh, digital assets and digital account here as a planning aspect of it. Um, and I agree with that. I think that people will overlook a lot of this. Again, same thing, that if the advisor doesn't bring it to the table, it often will get overlooked. Now, you you mentioned a couple stories already. Um, do you have any other stories you want to share about client experiences or outcomes here? Uh, one of my uh, older clients passed away way back, uh, probably two years back, um, and this gentleman have some crypto that's time is starting cryptocurrency much famous and they he, he have some money plus he have some you know uh, some of the loyalty card because he travel a lot so he collect a lot of loyalty rewards cards and everything a lot of points and everything end of the day uh, the wife is very old she doesn't know what uh, what to expect and he didn't even plan. He's. He, he, I know he's old, but still, he didn't think he's going to die. So, I, he lost a lot of money. When I talking to them, even the cryptocurrency was putting a lot of money. I know if, if the value now maybe a high amount. I don't want to mention anything as amount, but it's a big, huge uh, amount that they lost. Um, so I will always encouraging people to be plan ahead, because if you don't plan, you know anything will happen any day. So you need to plan ahead. So, so uh, I even young people, I tell them. So yeah, this fellow ahead. died and had no made no allowances. So essentially, his wallet dies with him. That's kind of how it works. Yes. So he, he because he's a very conservative person. He doesn't show any privacy. Even his um, laptop. Uh, somehow they open it, but um, he didn't even share with any family members. Right. And. Um, even in phone, right? Phone also, some people doesn't even show their passwords, right? And um, sometimes it's difficult to open it too, right? So, uh, yeah, they've been, actually, they took three to six months back and forth, back and forth, and they couldn't do certain things. And and I think I know, in fact, they lost a lot of money on this digital uh, assets. Um, that's tough. Now, have you had success stories? Have you seen where somebody has died or lost capacity, where you've been able to put the right tools in place? Last four and a half years, I am actually talking about this digital assets. Um, so right now I am planning, I'm showing the roadmap to people how they could implement this. And recently one of my good clients died in our last August, got diagnosed by cancer, fourth stage cancer. Then he passed away. Somehow we plan ahead ahead of time. The, and the spouse had a smooth transition to overcome and able to cancel all the social media. Because you have to also understand, I don't want to scare you guys, but I want to, you know, if person died, if somebody hacked your account, 
they could use this account and in a illegal way or anything is called you know identity theft and you know that sometime anybody can sue the estate even the person passed away and people don't realize this right it's very important that's why I said people say after death why should i go and you know cancel this uh, social media it's okay it's gone it's okay it's, you don't need to use but people don't see the consequences later on if somebody hacked your account and use it for misused information and they you know doing it and then it comes to their state um it's it's good you know one way or another there has to be some way to resolve those accounts right yes right. somehow we have but some people just leave it like that's that i always educate them you, you cannot leave it like that you have to cancel or you have to do something okay now uh, can we just circle back to your financial planning process um and yeah. i'm interested here in your tech stack Lucky, is there any sort of technology that you use as part of your um, financial planning process with clients? I do some kind of a uh, software, and also I do uh, for my planning aspect on calendar uh, when I'm making appointment calendarly, and I, when I do a meeting, I do Zoom, a Team Viewer, and I, I have a CRM system. I do all these things uh on a uh, on this aspect like when you're talking about financial planning pro progress uh, process uh what i do especially instead of the te technology i what i do i provide sense of freedom okay on a financial planning process attain your financial uh a personal financial goal i do that right and provide an increasing sense of awareness i give them right and also help to protect your family from financial uncertainties, right? And I also maintain budget and planning their tax expenses. I also help them to monitoring their spending and expenses. I also provide opportunity to obtain and protect their financial resource. So, Lucky, as an example here with budgeting, it is this Excel? Is this uh, you know a, a handwritten piece of paper? Are you Mint or YNAB or how do, how do you if do If you this? go to my own website, you call luckyrasapa.com. Uh, on the resource center, you could see an Excel, a nicely done. Automatically, if you put the numbers, it's calculated. That's why I did it in, in, in an Excel format because some older client, they prefer, uh, prefer Excel rather than software. And they could even download it if, uh, because it's not a web base. So it's a, they could download it and they could do it themselves. Okay. Um, and then as far as deliverables for clients, so the client goes through the whole process with you at the, um, maybe not end, but maybe at at some point you're, you're going to have some deliverable for a client. What do you hand to that client or email to that client? To or, client or so... Basically, that delivering the present uh, present to the client. What I do is knowledge sharing to create buy-in for successful changes, transforming changes, stabling emotional into the change and acceleration action plan, and build a last mindset and resource and resilience for profitable growth through the ongoing changes. So I gave these three when I delivering this. Meet the three again, Lucky. Okay. One, I can read it for you. Yep. Knowledge sharing to create buy-in 
for successful changes the second one is transforming change stalling emotional into change accelerating actions the third one is building a last mindset resource and resilience for profitable growth through ongoing changes makes sense so these are all um conceptual deliverables lucky in that you know you're you go through the process and at the end of it those are the three things that you say we've developed this right we've we've gotten here. yes because you know they yeah, they are living in their current situation they need to have changes in their life if they want to see some changes in their life they need to do some changes so this three things will able to change their finance change their lifestyle change their the entire the way of living so this three things will provide that and uh, my last question for you here lucky is what do you see as the greatest benefit of somebody going through the financial planning process financial planning i consider it's a road map the road map means where you are heading in your life so it's like a roller coaster you will have a good time you will also have a bad time you might have you know you might get sick you might get disabled you might get you might die even you know you get lay off certain things can be happen right and even family members can you know any emergency can happen so you need to know your road map where you are heading towards in case something even goes wrong how this road map can help you right so even i call it income income accumulation income preservation income distribution the person human value bring income money right to their family or even for himself or herself so how this money i will say i always show them as a tree i said on the top of the tree you have a lot of branch and everything is look nice that's your assets but on the bottom the tree have roots roots it's your income if something goes with the roof the entire assets will be destroyed so you need to protect your income that's my preach to all my clients you need to protect that roof so the income is very important so financial planning will provide the stable income in case anything goes wrong in order to protect all your assets make sense to you that's great lucky i really appreciate that um i love that you've given a lot of thought to your financial planning process and brought in some stuff that we don't always see this discussion around digital assets is a great example so thanks very much for sharing with us today yeah. and i hope you have a wonderful day lucky thank you thank you thank you so much Okay, uh the number for this episode is 9. The number for this episode is 9. So, I want to um go back to Jeff's discussion and then a little bit with Lucky's here. Um I think both tried to talk about some specific tools where they were appropriate. Um but both ended up discussing um I think concepts very broadly and I think this is the issue here is that it's not a problem that we can solve this question of what happens with my digital assets at death or in loss of capacity 
it's not an easily solved problem. It's not a you know a simple checklist where you can go down the checklist. Um, Jeff really talked about this quite a bit, and Lucky alluded to this as well. Every situation is going to be different. Everybody is going to need the same things that we need for all other elements of their estate planning. We're going to need to make sure that we ask good questions, that we understand that person's situation, we understand who else is involved in their lives, we understand the value of their assets, and really only on that basis can we come up with a great estate plan to deal with these digital assets. It's a new area. Uh, The law is evolving, as Jeff talked about when he was on, and practice is evolving. And that's something Lucky talked about with this question around funeral directors and sort of privacy and what happens as far as allowing family to access their loved ones so that they can maybe use biometrics, which by the way, um, I actually spoke to Jeff about recently. And as I understand it, a lot of device makers now are making their devices so that they won't um, be able to um, access somebody who's deceased. They won't be able to use like the face print of a deceased person. So interesting development there. Um, So we have sort of the law developing, we have practice developing, we have the technology developing. All of these things uh, make this uh, fairly complicated. Again, though, it comes down to just good financial planning. And that means being aware of the assets here. And like everything else, then it's good to have a checklist. Lucky talked about using a checklist um, or good to use a professional team. And I would suggest that there are going to be cases where uh, something like Jeff's TechSmart service would be the appropriate solution here. So you have a client who has a, maybe a fairly robust digital footprint or maybe a digital footprint that they themselves don't really understand. I think sending them to Jeff in a case like that is going to be a requirement. And I'm not sure uh, who else is out there sort of competing with Jeff in that space. I suspect there are some cropping up here and there. Um, certainly, if you know of anybody, uh, reach out to me. I'd love to to know about them. Supporting a little bit of extra content, I can see that the episode is not going to get to us, get us to an hour, and we need to get to an hour or very close to it anyways to be able to get our CE credits. So I just want to add a little bit extra here in terms of how I think the financial planner can get better at this, better prepared for this. I mean, obviously, the best way to do this is to experience it, to live through it, but we're not going to take that very extreme step. But start by looking at your own digital profile. So think about everything from your banking and investment passwords and logins and so forth. Um, How would those be managed in the event of your premature death or loss of capacity? What about your work email and your personal email? What about everything associated with your volunteer and board commitments? What about your social media? So do what Lucky said in his discussion. Go on Facebook and set up the legacy account on Facebook. Go into your Gmail account or whatever email you use in your private life and make sure that that's all set up. For your work email, talk to your technology team. Ask them, what happens if I die? We heard this um Back in uh, season two with Aaron, Um, Aaron did a great job of talking about things like writing your next check in the case of a a business owner who dies prematurely. Well, same kind of thing here. Who's going to continue to check email? Who's going to make sure that uh, the business social media accounts are all managed? 
So for business owners, there's this additional layer of complexity. What other assets do you have digitally? Do you have, you know, like you talked about air miles or aeroplan or that kind of thing, rewards points? What happens there? How does somebody access those? And keep in mind the terms and conditions here are normally pretty restrictive where there's not supposed to be another person who is um, able to access that with your username and password. So watch that a little bit. What about a password manager? Have you tried uh, various password managers? There's a bunch of good password managers out there. I don't want to name the one that I use just because I think it might expose me to some hacking or vulnerabilities. And I think this might have happened already. I had a, a weird sort of experience with a digital tool that I t talked about myself using personally um, just a few weeks ago. So I'm going to try to be a little more cautious about that. Um, just go through the whole thing. Say what would happen with my own stuff? And, you know, just thinking about it for your own assets, making a list, coming up with handling for it, it'll make you sort of a pioneer. There's not that many um, financial planners who are thinking about this stuff yet. So give it a go. Look at how it would work in your case. That will be helpful for informing your clients. And again, knowing when it's appropriate to send them off to somebody like Jeff to employ his services. Okay, I hope you'll join me again in uh, two weeks time. In two weeks, I'll have a discussion with um, Evan Morgan. Evan has a really neat individual um, health insurance comparison tool that should help a lot of us really become uh, better at placing individual health insurance. Really great offering. And I look forward to um, that episode going live. Thank you very much and enjoy your continued studies. If you're listening to this episode and you're not already signed up for CE credits, this is a very easy thing to do. Just navigate over to businesscareercollege.com and you're going to sign up here for CE. Just subscribe. Currently, the pricing is $200 a year. We may be uh, introducing monthly pricing at some point, but as of today, we have a cost of $200 a year. And once you're signed up, then you can just go and listen to every episode within your subscriptions. Once you're logged in, you'll use my subscriptions here and you'll just go to the latest episode, which you'll scroll down to very near the bottom for. It doesn't matter which episode, you just scroll down and you find the one. So as of the time I'm recording this, the most recent episode is season four, episode 27. I can just start it right from here. I can do the quiz here. Once I'm done the quiz, then I can get my continuing education certificate very straightforward. Um, so I would just launch the course here and I can watch the episode from here. Uh, now, if you happen to be already listening to it on YouTube or whatever the case is, you can just navigate right into the quiz, you start your quiz, and you're just going to go through the whole thing. And then at the end of it, you'll be able to see your certifications. So we're going to bring up uh, designing small group products. We bring this up and we click on wall certificate and that's going to give me the CE certificate I need in order to maintain status wherever I happen to uh, need CE credits. So I really do encourage, I know that uh, out of our regular listeners, about 40% of you are listening to the episode for CE credits. 
that's about 60% who you know, are listening out of general interest or whatever it is. Um, and I really think this is an easy way to get your CE credits, 200 bucks a year, pretty reasonable price. And as you can see from the certificate here, so, and as you hear me discuss at the beginning of the episode, we have a broad range of approvals for all of our courses. I'd like to thank uh, Joe Tong. Joseph is our editor, both for video and audio content. And Joe does a lot of good work to make sure that these episodes look and sound good, despite my better efforts. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Maria Nguyen. Maria makes sure that the episodes all get approved for CE credits. Uh, Veronica Tiber does the quality assurance through that process. And then we have a strong marketing team that makes sure that all of our content gets out there so that people can find us and uh, take advantage of the learning opportunity they might not have known about. Mm-hmm.